You're now listening to the A Place of Refuge Productive Living Podcast with Bishop Barry D. Walker. A Place of Refuge vision is to cause people to be productive in every aspect of life according to God's Word. For more information, please stop by our website at www.aplaceofrefugechurch.org. Now, here's today's message already in progress. Well, I wondered if he lied, but he didn't. Well, Lord, you said you were going to do this, but I don't see it. But, but if you don't see it when you want to see it, it's always a reason why. And often the reason has to do with you instead of God. But he has never lied to me. And, and when it comes to the track record, he has always did for me what I couldn't do for myself. God been good to me. I don't believe I'm the only one. Woo, if, you, if you don't mind, just tell somebody, walk ain't the only one. God been good to me too. That's the reason I trust him. Have been through sickness after sickness. I have been through sickness that y'all don't even know about. So you can't tell everybody your business. Now you can't you can't tell everybody your business. Some folks will be, oh he gonna he gonna die with that. No, I can't. Well, if that mean I ain't gonna tell you about me going through this, you might start thinking of. But he has delivered me time and time. Again, second definition of trust is when you hope or expect. Man, when I, when I see certain scriptures in, in the Bible, I just start expecting those to manifest in my life. I can't read Romans 8 and 28 without expecting something good to manifest. You ever read that verse? All things work together for the good to those who love God, to those who are the called according to his purpose. When I read that verse, I start expecting good. When, when I'm going through trials, I, I, I love Psalm 35 and, and 6. When, when it talks about weeping may endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning. God so put that in my spirit one time to where he gave me a, a message titled, Don't Let the Night Ruin Your Morning. It's just certain things that God gives you out of his word or gives you through revelation that causes hope or expectation to get embedded in you to the point to where you start speaking what you expect. Hope is very important. But, but I want to I read to you what Paul said about hope in Romans 8 and 24 and 25. Go down with me real quick. Romans 8, uh, 24 and 25. Ready? Romans 8, 24 and 25. Paul said, for we were saved. In this hope. But this is what I want you to get the second clause. But hope 
that is seen is not hope. See, some people, you, well, I don't, you can't, that ain't going to happen to you. you. I know you don't think that's going to happen. Yeah, I expect to happen what I don't see. I expect to happen what people say I can't afford. I expect what's out of my reach to come within my reach. Because I have hope. I have expectation. When they say it can't be done, I expect God to do it. See, see, God will put stuff on the table that will cause you to hope. He'll put stuff on the table uh, in, in the form of a question and ask you things like, is it anything too hard for me? Now, when he put that on the table, that ought to cause you to expect him to do what the doctor the lawyer and other folks said could be done. You ought to start expecting your healing even though they said you wasn't going to get it. You ought to start expecting money to come your way even though they said it wasn't going to take place. You ought to expect bigger to come your way even though you've been in a tight place, tight situation for months. You ought to expect it because God done put on your table is there anything too hard for me? Say we say we too old to have kids. That's when God had to put it on the table. Is there anything too hard for me? I know it ain't never happened to nobody that's your age, Sarah. But have you forgot who I am? I am God. I can do anything save faith. God specializes in miracles. You don't believe it. Take out your mirror and look at yourself. It's a miracle. Folk never thought you would be where you are right now. Folk never thought you would have what you have right now. As a matter of fact, you never saw yourself where you are right now. If it be true, tell somebody, I never thought I would have what I have right now. I never thought I would be where I am right now. But you got to have expectation. You got to have expectation when, when seemingly you're in a hole. You got to have expectation when everything that can go wrong is taking place. You still got to have a dance in your feet saying it's still going to work out even though it ain't happening yet. You got to have a victory in your turn even though you don't see victory. Knowing that if God said it, he'll do it. He'll bring it to pass. Say to your neighbor, I don't know what you're going through, but you need to expect God to show up and show out. Say it to another neighbor, I don't know what you're going through, but you need to expect God to show up and show out. We're in a season of bigger and better, and God might show up and drop on you what your eyes have not. Look at somebody and say, hey, nobody but nobody but nobody but nobody do you like. Oh, say it to one more person. Hey, nobody but nobody but nobody but nobody do you like. You can't think 
is not going to happen just because you don't see it. Don't trust every x-ray. X-ray don't see everything. The only one that's all seeing is God. But notice as we continue with Romans 8 and 24. I'm going to start over. For we were saved in this hope, but hope that is seen is not hope. For why does one still hope for what he sees? Woo, come on here, 25. But if we hope for what we do not see, he's going to tell us how to wait for it. We eagerly wait for it with perseverance. You got, you got to be eagerly waiting even though you're fighting. You got to be dancing while you're waiting even though you're resisting the enemy. You got to be turning in victory while you're waiting even though everything that can go wrong is taking place. Bottom line, you got to count it all joy. You got to leap when you don't feel joy down on the inside of you. You got to eagerly wait. Get this. For what you don't see. I don't see it, but I'm happy about it. Why are you so happy and you don't see nothing? Because God said it. And his word cannot fail. Heaven and earth shall pass. Jesus said, but not my word. Not what I done told you. Whether I told you in, in what was written or revealed is not going to fail. So you sitting there at the dinner table when everybody else looking down because they don't see what they want. You got a smile on your face. and they want, Why in the world are you smiling like that? What you got to be happy about? What I don't see. What you mean you happy about what you don't see? What do you what you don't see that you happy about? I don't I don't see literally my healing, but I know it's coming. I don't see literally my financial breakthrough, but I know it's coming. Woo, I want you to ask your neighbor real quick, are you happy about something you don't see? Are you happy about something you don't see? Are you happy about something that's going to go in your pocket that you don't see? Are you happy about something that's going to make you better that you don't see? Are you happy about something that somebody told you you couldn't have that you don't And so we trust him. We trust God. We rely or depend on him. And we have hope or expectation in him. And don't tell me you're expecting and you always acting miserable. Look at the verse. We eagerly wait. Wealth. Perseverance. You're going to fight. You're going to stay 
where you need to stay. You're going to think the way you need to think. You're going to say what you need to say. You're going to do what you need to do. Until he brings your better, your bigger, his promise to pass. And there are benefits to trusting God. There are benefits, a lot of benefits. I want to look at a few. Let's go to Psalm, the book of Psalm. Let's start in the 17th chapter of Psalm. Y'all stay with me. Psalm 17. Verse 7. I love, I love this verse. You're going to love it too. Psalm 17 and 7. Show your marvelous loving kindness by your right hand. His right hand represents his omnipotence or his power. Oh, you who, who saves those who trust you. He saved those who trust in him. He saved those who trust in him. Oh, you ain't getting it yet. He delivers those who trust him. He protects those who trust him. He causes those to prosper who trust him. Is this a benefit of trusting? He's going to save you. Because I trust him, he's going to save me. If you trust him, he's going to save you. There's no ifs, ands, and buts about it. If you trust him, he going to save you. Psalm 31. Oh, that mercy. This might make you happy. Some of y'all didn't get happy about that. Let's see if this one's going to make you happy. Psalm 31 and 19. Lord, have mercy. Lord, if this don't get folk happy, we're going to call them to the altar. Psalm 31 and 19. Oh, how great is your. Oh, how great is your. Which you have laid up for those who fear you. Which you have prepared for those who trust in you. God has prepared goodness. For you. Well, I just got some goodness last week. That must have been what he prepared for. No, no, you don't understand, God. God causes cups to run over, God's blessings overtake you. And, and, and what that means is that his blessings continue. They never cease. The more you trust him, the more the blessings come. He done prepared it, and, and, and every time he'll come a release. And, and when you get that release, here come 
another release. And my thing is, Lord, evermore, bless me. Evermore, shower me. Somebody asked me one time, don't you think you can get, you can get too much? No. Not when you understand God. Jesus himself said in John 10 and 10, the thief comes not before the steal, kill, and destroy. But I have come that you may have life. That your existence may be abundant. You may have life and that more abundant. That's why he came. You're not only going to have life, but you're going to have it abundantly. I'm going to give you more than what you need. Man don't want you to have it, but I'm going to give you more than what you need. And if you get happy about it and, and delight yourself in me, I'll give you your heart's desire. Shouted somebody one more time. Can't nobody but nobody but nobody but nobody but nobody do you like Jesus. Is that right? So he has prepared goodness for those who trust him. Y'all ought to be happy by now. But if not, we go into another passage. Notice Psalm 37. Verse 5. Ready? Psalm 37. Let's turn the page a little. Psalm 37 5. Commit your way to the Lord. Trust also in him. And he shall bring it to pass. Tell God what's going on in your life. What you need him to do. And he will manifest your way. He will tell you specifically what you need to do and what he is going to do. He will bring it to pass. He will bring it to pass. But don't play with it. You tell him you want him to do it. You want him to show you something. Be real. Because if you're real with him, he'll be real with you. You got to be real with him. He will bring to pass once you commit your way unto him. I've seen him do it. I've seen him do it from, from, from folks saying, Lord, I, I need such and such so I can do such and such. I've seen him bring it to pass what they put before him. 
Lord, there's something going on in my body. I just need you to do such and such. I've seen him bring it to pass. But you got to trust him. Look at the verse one more time, and we got to move further. Commit your way to the Lord. Trust also to, in him, and he shall bring it to what? Pass. Who else going to do that for you? What does this verse imply? That God is concerned about your life. Concerned about what's happening with you. Concerned about your progress. Concerned about what's going on in your world. He's concerned about it. And he wants to be the person that's going to help you fulfill or receive certain things you need and desire. He'll bring it to pass. What well, do we have that much power? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Well can he do can he I know he up there in heaven. Can he do some stuff here on earth? You ain't read Psalm 24 and 1? The earth is his. The Lord's and is fullness. Bible even goes so far as, as to let us know that God knows about the country. He says, even the cattle that sits on a thousand hills belongs to me. You ain't in the country by yourself, walk. I got cattle out there. Say to your neighbor, our God is awesome. And he cares about us. And so, these are just a few benefits of trusting him. But, but Isaiah, in Isaiah 26 and 3, reveal a benefit that I want to deal with in detail. And the benefit that Isaiah talked about is based upon people that trust God. People that trust God. That, that's what this benefit in Isaiah 26 and 3 is, is about. It's about somebody that trusts God to the point to where he or she has a fixed And, and when you have a fixed mind, it, it does not say that that uh, you never are attacked by this, that, or the other in order to try to get your mind off of the things of God. But when you have a fixed mind, even when, when things attack you, your mind, you're going to be quick to refocus. Yeah. Because there, there are things that can get your mind off track. But God has given us the capacity or ability 
not to allow those things to take complete control of us. I, I have tried to think about something and then all of a sudden I, I may hear a noise and my attention may go toward that noise. But it does not stay on that noise because I know that's, that's not where my mind needs to be. And so immediately I refocus on what I need to be thinking about. And see, some of us don't do that. I had to train myself to do that. See, if you're going to have a fixed mind on God or things that pertain to God, you have to understand that there are going to be things on your job, in your house, in your life that are going to want to take control of your thoughts. Yeah. You can get a report, and that report was, hey, you know what? I need your mind for the next seven days. I want your mind to the point to where you ain't even going to feel like going outside, even though it's 72 degrees and beautiful. You're going to close the shades. That, that, I want your mind like that. And some of us, even though we don't verbally say okay, our actions say, okay, you can have my mind for seven days and I'll just be in the house miserable while everybody else is having a good time outside. Some of us have been there. To where at a time we should have been happy, we were not because we allowed something. I got to throw somebody in there too. To control our mind. That's when you got to trust God. Because see, when you trust God, you, you're not just going to allow something to control your mind to the point where you start believing it. See, because if something or somebody ever starts controlling your mind, gets your attention and start controlling your mind, making you think, a certain way, that means you're going to become that person or that thing's slave. That thing going to start telling you what to do. Get in your mind. Don't nobody care about you. Get in your mind. You're going to have to do it yourself. Get in your mind, you ain't going to make it. Get in your mind, it ain't going to work out for you. And, and when that gets in your mind, it starts to control you. And again, you start to believe, and then you start obeying it. But when you trust God and, 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 and have a fixed mind, you fight stuff like that. I can't tell you how, how many bad, evil pessimistic, negative thoughts come to me in one day that I have to fight. They come. But they know if I, get, if I go to walk a while, it's going to be a fight. But do you have that same testimony? Woo! I, I didn't hear nothing right here. 
No, I'm not saying I'm not saying y'all don't fight stuff to come to your mind. I'm just saying when I ask that question, y'all just like. Say your neighbor, you gotta fight stuff that come to your mind. You you even gotta fight stuff that that is true scientifically. It, it can be true what is on the report, but you still fight it because God is bigger than the report. And God wants you to fight it because he used Isaiah and Paul to ask the question, whose report are you going to believe? You have a choice as to what report you're going to believe. And the prophet and the apostle, bottom line, said we're going to believe God's report. But Paul took it further and said, if you're going to believe God's report... You got to hear faith. You got to get a word of faith. And you got to get a word of faith from somebody that God has ordained to preach. So then faith comes by and hearing the word of God. But before that he asked the question, but how are they going to hear Without a preacher. You got to have somebody that's going to say something that's bigger than the report. You got to have a word that's more conclusive than the report. See, they can tell you something based upon science one day, two days later, they'll change it. They'll even make a pill and say, this pill is for such and such. Then the next thing you, you know, they come out with the same pill, but they put a plus. Same pill, but it's a plus. Why? Because what they're doing is not conclusive. The only one that is conclusive, the only one that has the final word when it comes to anything is God. That's the reason he's called the Alpha, the Omega, the First, the Last, the Beginning, and the Ending. Let me take it first. The one who was, who is, and is soon to come. That's our God. That's our God. Let me get personal. That's my God. You got to be fixed in your mind. But sometimes, pastor, it be rough. What do do you, you think the devil playing? You think demons playing? You think, you think... What Paul revealed to us was just a joke when he talked about we wrestle not just against flesh and blood, well, not against, not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, powers, spiritual wickedness 
in high places. We wrestle with stuff. Stuff attacks us. But we got to do the same thing Jesus did with the devil in in Matthew 4. We got to use the word. And we got to stay focused. The enemy kept trying to get Jesus off track. Turn these stones in the bread. And then you're going to try to put some scripture with it. And see, folk will always try to get you to do the wrong thing by justifying it. You need to do. I, I don't need to do that if God ain't leading me to do it. I see what your report said, but God ain't leading me to do that. You got to keep your mind focused. The safest place to be. And the best place to be is in the will of God. Everything else going to fail, but not God's word. You got to have that in your being that God needs to have the final say. He needs to be my alpha and my omega. He needs to be the one that directs all of my steps. Acknowledge the Lord in what? All of your ways. And he will tell you what to do or direct your path. Don't be wise. In your own eyes. Why? It's evil. Depart from it when you start thinking you can work it out. You can't work it out. Not the way God work it out. You'll work it out and in, in, in the end you'll find out you done messed up. to keep your mind stayed on him. You have to have a fixed mind. Philippians 2 and 5, real quick. Y'all stay with me. I'm almost done. Lord, have mercy. Y'all all right? Okay, let's go to Philippians 2 and 5. You got to have a fixed what? Okay, Philippians 2. I can't find it. Take your time. You'll get there. I'll go to the table of contents. Philippians 2 and 5. Let this mind be in you. What kind of mind? Which was also in Christ Jesus. Christ Jesus. Christ anointed, Jesus Savior. You got to have an anointed and saved mind. You got to have an anointed and saved mind. The anointing destroys yokes of bondage. Your mind has to be to the point to where when anything comes against it that's not in line with your salvation or God's word, you destroy it. 
If you having a dream that's crazy, wake up. Don't let that dream continue. Because if you're having a crazy dream, that is not the mind of Jesus. Wake up. Let this mind be in who? You. That means you have the ability. And, and like I say, some of us, if, if you're like me, you, you gonna have to, you're going to have to go to the extreme training yourself to think certain ways. Don't think when, when something attacks you every two minutes that you ain't doing what you should. That's just the enemy trying to make you stop fighting. You never stop fighting. You keep fighting. You keep fighting until your mind is set on what it needs to be set on. Don't ever, and there are going to be times when you're going through it and the enemy see you going through it. Enemy see a little gap. So I'm going to go in here and just torment her all night. That means you prepare for a fight. And you just fight whatever is attacking your mind. Let this mind be in you that was also in, in the Lord. That's the type of mindset you have to have. And some of us, that mean we're going we're gonna to have to just completely redu- renew our mind. Let me show you this real quick. Romans 12 and 2. Romans 12 and 2. Ready? Do not be conformed to this world. Don't be like the world. Don't think like your cousin. Don't think like folk want you to think. Because folk will try to program your mind try to tell you what to think well Mr. Walker you're not going to be able to do such and such and such and such what are they doing trying to program your mind going to tell you what you going to be able to do well, you ain't going to be telling me what I'm going to be able to do God, I ain't going to have to come from God he created me you act like you created me tell me I ain't going to be able to do such and such who do you think you is I got to talk to him if you're right, he'll tell me. But if you're wrong, he's going to tell me that too. But you can't believe everything the world says. Or people that are not Christian tell you. If a doctor is truly Christian, he's going to put God first. That doctor going to tell you, look, this is what the x-rays say. But you know, as Christians, we have to. If he real say, if he really saved, oh Lord, he can be religious but not saved. Romans twelve and two, and do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed. Transformed means changed. Simple word, changed, by the renewing of your what? You got to renew your mind, and when you renew it, you'll be able to prove. Prove means to know what is the good, acceptable. And perfect will of God. You'll be able to prove or know what the will of God is. You won't fight me when I'm up here teaching. Even though I'm stepping on your toes. You'll be, thank you Lord. You helping me. You helping me. Your maturity that came from uh, Elder Jackson and uh, Minister Monroe. How it, it was a word that, that helped them. 
You know what I'm saying? And, and sometimes that means that word going to show you yourself. That's a good thing when, when, when the word shows you what you need to improve. What you need to change for the better. And be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove or know what is that good, acceptable, and perfect will of who? God. And, that, and the best and safest place to be is in the will of who? God. And this verse right here backs it up. Back in Isaiah 26 and 3 as I get ready to close it. Now notice if you have a fixed mind. God himself is going to keep you. In perfect peace. In the Hebrew for this particular verse, perfect peace means shalom, shalom. That's what it means. It means peace, peace. He going to give you double peace. He going to give you perfect peace. And the primary meanings of perfect peace is, is number one, he going to give you great peace. He going to give you great peace. The peace of God surpasses all understand he will give you peace that surpasses all understanding and the primary meaning of peace in the Hebrew and the Greek is prosperity that, and see sometimes when we hear prosperity we think about money but when it comes to prosperity, prosperity means that, that God going to touch every aspect of your life. He going to give you perfect peace. That, that means he going to cause benefits to come to every aspect of your life. You got to believe that. I told you, folk, quote Isaiah 26 and 3, but they, they really don't understand the depth of what he's saying. When he gives you double peace, a perfect peace, that means he's going to cause you to prosper in every aspect of your life. It's going to be great peace. I got to show you one scripture in reference to that. This first definition. Uh, Psalm 119. Lord have mercy. I got happy. I did. I got happy real quick. And I had to think about my scripture. Psalm 119. 165. Boy, this is going to make us happy. Ready? Psalm 119, 165. Great peace have those who love your law. What's another word for law? Word. Great peace have those who love your law. Or word. And nothing causes them to stumble. 
we're going to be like Job. They came to Job with the bad news about this, that, and the other happened. And Job, Job was just had so much peace. He said, well, the Lord gives, and the Lord has taken away. Bless be the name of the Lord. How in the world can you experience that kind of tragedy and still have a praise? Job had a praise that, that was so awesome to where his wife thought he had gone too far. And Job, too, she told him, hey, you need to curse God and die. And he just simply replied, you crazy? Shall, shall we just praise God for the good? Job knew that despite what you go through, you give God the praise. Great peace. He'll give us great peace. Especially those that love his, his word. Second definition as I get ready to close. Of uh, perfect peace. Complete satisfaction or contentment. Complete satisfaction or contentment. You hear me? Complete. Complete. You're satisfied. You're just, you're just satisfied no matter what. Bad come, it, well, it's going to work out because he said all things work out for the, for the good. You're content with, with, with bad because you know it's going to work out for the good. Lord have mercy, this, this head has just been bumped, but it's going to be okay because with his stripes, I mean, I'm healed. It takes something to get, get, get to a place of complete contentment. Let's see what it takes. And then I'm done. Woo! Let's go to Philippians 4. He'll keep us in perfect what? Peace. A complete Contentment. Philippians 4. Ready? We're going to start at verse 11. This is what Paul said. Y'all holding on? While he was in a rough jail. It wasn't no play jail he was in. He was in a rough jail. Any of you have been in a rough jail? Ain't no need in talking about it. <laughs> Philippians 4 and 11. Notice what he says in jail. Not that I speak in regard to need. For I have learned in whatever state I am not to be calling folks every night. From a sale. You know how your kinfolk call you. You have a private call from. But anyway, 
But notice he said, not that I speak in regard to need, for I have learned in whatever state I am to be what? No matter what state he's in, he has learned to be what? He has learned to be satisfied. He done, look, notice the key, he has learned. Learned. That means Paul didn't always know how to be content. Some, some of us used to be quick to cut folks out. Right, Prophet Ephesians? You heard what she said? Some of us used to be quick to curse folk out. Where you at? So Jones, I never thought you would have been one to curse folk out quick. Lord have mercy. Who are some brothers you'd be quick to cuss somebody out? Woo! L leaks. But notice this. He had to learn. How many used to get mad real quick? But you had to learn not to or judge folk too quick. And you had to what? It's just a certain thing you got to learn. And you have to be careful because sometimes you, you can be thinking what you judging, what you feeling, what you doing is be right. I don't know what it is, but it's something wrong with her. You ever heard somebody say that? I don't know what, I can't put my finger on it. <laughs> but it's something. It's something there. You say, now you need to leave stuff like that alone. Then when something happened, I knew it and I knew it. But get this, somebody can do the same thing about you. And say the same thing about you and turn around and heal somebody. I knew it was something. It's certain things you have to learn not to do, or certain things you have to learn to do when it comes to your thinking, when it comes to your words, and when it comes to your, your acts. Just certain things you got you to learn. You, you, you just have to learn them. And see, when it comes to Paul being content, he said, I had to learn it. Because here this man is in jail saying, you know, I, I, don't need, I, don't, I don't need nothing. I'm all right. He content in jail. That, that, and sometimes we, we don't really, we, we read that, but we just don't grasp it. That, that this man was, was not just in a regular jail. Little TV, coffee, ain't really doing nothing but just laying in the bed and doing, not, not, 
I often think that they may need to bring back the chain gang for folk. That may stop some folk from just going in and out. Some of y'all don't remember the chain gang. That's what we used to call it, the chain gang. That was, you see these folk in, in blue and white, chain on their feet, hands, but, but still working. And some of them, they would take the hand loop, but then the feet remained shackled because they had to use the pick. And they had these nice tractors. I, I look at prisoners now, their lawnmower is either better than mine or just as good as mine. Man, these prisoners got steels out here. Got X marks and they prisoners, scags. I mean, they don't need to do that. They need to get them. I better not start naming, but Lord have mercy. And, and, and so it's like they, they have luxury, even though they're supposed to be learning something. And I'm not knocking anything, but understand something. It's certain things that you sow you need to reap accordingly. Lord have mercy. Well, I may be done touched something, so let me just go on now. But Paul said, I have learned to be content no matter the state. But he goes on. Lord have mercy. Let me close this. He goes on to say this right here. This is just amazing. Verse 12, I know how to be a base, which is low, and I know how to abound, which is high, or doing well. He says, everywhere and in all, no, everywhere? That's reading he okay in jail. Everywhere and in all things I have learned both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and to suffer need. But I love who he gives the credit to. Verse 13. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. He had complete contentment because of Christ. And no doubt if he learned how to do this that says that he, he trusted him. And the implication is that he had a fixed mind. I'm done.